Before we get started, I'd like to share a message from our sponsor. As the industry leader in percussive therapy, Therabody is setting a new standard for health club recovery experiences around the world. Their comprehensive commercial grade solutions create a one of a kind member experience while simultaneously driving your business further. Thank you Therabody for being a part of the 2020 Club Solutions Virtual Summit. Mark, go ahead and take it away. Thanks, Rachel. Um, so we're here today to talk about consumer and industry trends and how to capitalize on them. And we're with a great group of panelists, um, industry leaders. And in a moment, I'm going to have them introduce themselves. But we got Carrie with Style Studio Fitness, Nick with Therabody, Doris with Team Thews, Derek with UFC Gyms, and Chris with InShape Health Club. So an esteemed group. And thank you guys for all being here. Um, there's been much talk in the last several months about the impact of this pandemic and what it's going to do to our industry moving forward. Um, Ursa at one point came out and said 25% of clubs or studios are going to close as a result of this thing. And we all know, having been through this, that the consumer of today has changed and is much different than they were when we first started six months ago. So, um, in the military world, there's a term that many of you already know called VUCA, right? It stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And over the last several years, our industry has transformed. You know, we, we started getting into um, various types of models. We started getting into um, various new programs and services. We had the boutique studios. We had the high volume, low price clubs. However, in the last several months, there has been rapid innovation. And the best example I can use is the virtual aspect where all the clubs pivoted and even our, you know, our trainers and our instructors, and they now, that's like a mainstay in our companies um, that virtual is gonna probably be here forever. So what I thought we could kick off today with is doing a little introduction about yourself and letting everyone know what type of company you're is. And then what was one lesson that you've learned over the last, several months. So Chris, why don't you kick us off? Okay. <clears throat> I'm Chris Mulkey. I'm with InShape Health Clubs and we have 60 health clubs in California. We currently have 23 clubs open due to the um, restrictions we're under with the county um, guidelines in California. But um, I think one of the things that we learned was um, that as far as digital goes specifically, you don't have to be perfect to start we immediately started doing some Facebook Live videos and just told our members about it. We're here for you. We understand the situation you're in. And we sort of tested and learned live and obviously improved as we um, did it more and more. But we didn't wait. Um, we just, you know, took the opportunity to sort of like jump in and go. So. Yeah, that's a great. I think most of us ended up doing that jump in thing. Um, is there any timeline on those other clubs opening in your portfolio? Um, it's a very complicated um, process here in California, so that you have to, um, it's complicated. So no, there is no official timeline. Well, we're all with you. Hopefully that'll happen soon. Thank you. Nick, um, how about you? <clears throat> yeah, I um my name is Nick with, with Therabody, and uh, we have a full product suite of commercial and consumer recovery products um, that obviously be um, e-com channels and distribution for consumers, um, but also um, last year dove headfirst into um, 
uh, the gym aspect of it, uh, providing some commercial amenities for health clubs. Um, so I think like during this time for us, uh, obviously everything was very abrupt when it happened and it was you know, really about listening to customer needs and how we could help them um, when seemingly there was no avenue for any sort of revenue. Um, and I think for us, it was, um, I think understanding the importance of diversification of revenue uh, for these locations and how we can um, we can help with that um, during that time. Um, the importance of content and then distribution of whether it's equipment or whether it's content or just your brand extension into a person's home um, or earning real estate on their phone or device so that there's consistent touch points on there. And Nick, during this time, obviously you have a unique perspective coming from the vendor side of things. Do you see um, a greater home use of your product? Um, traditionally, yes, um, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's that's definitely going to be um, our primary um, driver um, that's just there for whether it's e-com or whether it's retail or, you know, big box retailers. Um, but, you know, for us, the gyms provide us kind of a unique opportunity for us to create a more interactive kind of billboard for the product itself um, while simultaneously providing you have this kind of really immersive kind of engaging um i guess kind of demo experience for that product um and in commercial amenity for anybody to be able to use yeah oh great carrie how about you yeah hi thanks mark um my name is carrie keppel i am the owner of C um style studios fitness here in uh, illinois we opened in january uh <laughs> eight weeks before we were shut for a couple of months so um, in that short time, we had rapidly grown a, a very uh, loyal community. We were actually already halfway to operational break, even in eight weeks, and then COVID cut the legs out from under us. So that's, we are, um, awesome. we, uh, I think for us, um, I have unfortunately had the experience of going through a crisis with a club when I, um, one that I ran in New Zealand after some deadly earthquakes. And I think for uh, my wife and I, who's the other owner, she, uh, we looked at each other and we instantly accepted reality um, because we've been here before. So it was like we just looked at each other and went, here we go again. And it was like, uh, uh, if they can't come to the gym, we're bringing the gym to them. And that was an instant strategy. So like much like Chris, we just jumped in and we, we made it happen. Um, and I, I think a big lesson uh, that I hope everybody feels in this is the power of community, the power of putting people first and worrying about the payment second. Like, yeah, we have to make money to stay in business, but they're not going to pay us. They're not going to pay our business if they don't feel the love and the support and the care. So we kept the super majority, like 98, 99% of our, of our little 500 member base. And we've grown 35% since we've reopened. So even though it's not the growth wow. we had, it, the fact that we're growing a little bit in a pandemic is, is I'll take it. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. That's fantastic. So you're actually reopened and actually doing better than like you're above the base that you had when we first closed. We're, we're above. Yeah. So we're now at uh, 660. We closed with 500. So that's awesome. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. We're working, we're working hard, man. <laughs> Got a <to> battle. <laughs> <laughs> Doris, how about you? I'm Doris Foos, and I'm an industry consultant. I've grown up in this industry from 1984, uh, teaching my first aerobics class with a record, Sheila E. Glamour's Life, pulling out my leg warmers, thong on the outside, rock the house, to college athlete, to uh, 
representing major brands globally. Uh, last year, I received the honor of the uh, 2019 World ID Instructor of the Year. And along the way, I had divisional roles at 24 Hour Fitness, vice president roles. I worked with Chris at InShape, and I was a senior vice president at NASA. Uh, today, I'm currently doing a lot of consulting, a lot of high tech, which is talk about going from aerobics to fitness to PT to group. I'm seeing the evolution of the industry and high tech, not just for big box, not just for studios, but really startups. And um, what I have seen is as much as things feel like they're moving slow, they are moving fast. And because we're moving so fast, we have got to communicate. So I have the heart of a fitness instructor and a personal trainer. And I think feel that communication really and the community, as Carrie mentioned, needs to be even heightened even more. And I also agree with Chris. We have to just move quick and fail fast. The consumer actually is very understanding in the beginning. Now, over time, you better bring it. But they're really, really understanding. They love their hometown heroes. And I think when this first hit, I go, oh, it's a reset. And then we're like, oh, it's a pivot. No, no, no. This is not even a redo. This is reinventing. And the consumer now has the power. They're taking their money. They're buying, they're buying their own equipment instead of paying their dues. They're working out at home. Nothing's going to replace either. There's going to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But the consumer experience as well as the club experience and the positions have changed just like all of ours have. And so my biggest consideration is, we need to be flexible, we need to move, and more importantly, uh, we need to be okay with failing fast. Those are some good advice tips. Thank you. All right, last but not least, Derek. Uh, thank you, Mark. Derek Gallup with UFC Gyms. I'm an executive vice president uh, for all of our corporate stores. Uh, we started uh, UFC Gym 11 years ago in Concord, California with just one club. And uh, today we're in 38 countries uh, with 132 locations, 22. Well, pre-COVID, we had 19 corporate stores and now we're coming out of uh, COVID with currently 28 stores. Um, so we've actually, it's been really interesting. And we would, I, I kind of echo some of what Chris was talking about that within three days after COVID closed our clubs, we had uh, online personal training going. We were providing video on demand with a UFC fit series that we created with the UFC six years ago and kind of brought that back to life, uh, a 10 workout series there. And then we started getting reopened again and it, it was uh, exciting. And then we closed again and uh, California has been closed, but here's the thing, every one of our California locations, we created an outdoor gym. Uh, and the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart here in Huntington Beach, we took a 42,000 square foot gym and moved it to the fifth floor parking lot uh, across the street from where we were, just so that we could keep our members going, keep our team members uh, employed. And we've done that uh, in nine locations here in, in California. And as we're getting uh, the green light to somewhat open, uh, to Chris's point, there's many different levels. Sometimes you go 10% capacity, sometimes 25, depending on where you're at. We are keeping indoor and outdoor going because one of the things we're finding is also some of the members are more comfortable being outdoors and and so having that option of having both has been actually really unique and interesting and there was one club we had in costa mesa that was uh, a former mitsubishi dealership that had an indoor outdoor already had it like the service center was outdoors so we kept that open the whole time because legally we could because it was an outdoor facility well that gym 
more than doubled the dues. And this is a five-year-old gym and it more than doubled the dues it had because of the fact that we had these great classes and this great community and people wanted to come in and, and experience classes together, the, the great UFC gym experience. And so what we're finding, one of the things we're coming away with is new locations we look at, we get very excited when we find some outdoor space. Because I think that's now something that we feel is part of our brand that we have to be able to deliver an experience to people both indoors and outdoors. And so if you look at that's when they took away and one other, uh, I think we, I've heard you use the word flexible, adaptable. We kept using the word fluid, be like water, right? We're just, we're gonna, we're gonna be like Bruce Lee. We're gonna be like water. We're gonna move, go with the flow with all these things. And so the other thing we've done as we came out of this was we also have UFC fit on the go, which is we're streaming live classes uh, from right now, one of our locations, we're getting ready to do Hawaii uh, and out of Waikele, and we're going to do uh, locations out of Miami so that we can now globally have times that make sense, uh, no matter where you are in the world, that you can do a live class with UFC Gym. Um, so that's been one of the other really kind of fun and exciting things. And I'll tell you what, that was really interesting, getting our instructors to be able to go from teaching a great class to the live audience to now having two audiences, right? Because and in fact, the audience that's on the camera across them has actually gotten bigger. That audience is three times the size of what's there in person. So it's been really, really interesting and exciting to see how the changes have come about. So it's, it's uh, as much as it's been really, really hard and, and I feel the worst about Hawaii where we can't do any gyms at all. At least in California, we've got outdoor gyms and our four clubs in Hawaii are just pure shut down. And uh, the other last thing in this is we are getting very close uh, and personal with all of our legislators, you know, through us and through our members, we're making sure that we increase that communication. So I think those are the big learnings that we got out of this. Yeah, I think that last point's a, a important one. I think one of the things that's really happened in our industry is a lot of companies have come together and created these coalitions, and they've really started to connect in each state with, you know, the various government officials and county executives and all that. And I think that you know, moving forward, that's going to do a lot of good for us. Um, Derek, you had mentioned the word fluidity, which is very interesting because um, one of the things that I was going to ask the group was, um, in each of your responses, you talked a little bit about adaptability and flexibility and why it's so important during this this time. Why do you guys feel that as leaders, you know, and as organizations, that probably is more prevalent today to be fluid, to be adaptable, and to be flexible. Carrie, well, you want to take a stab at that, or Derek? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Yeah. Uh, so I think you know the thing. There's a lot of times you feel that you have at least you, you felt you had somewhat control of your business before, and this is a situation where I've never felt such a lack of control. Of, hey, are we going to be open today? Are there you know what what's what's going to be happening here? And and I start every company call right now with a sheet that shows like today we have 22 open locations with six in development but we have 22 locations and 11 different ways that we have to operate i mean it's it's, it's ridiculous right from you know team members have to wear masks and team members and members have to wear masks to so the craziest one is in uh santa clara county where you cannot exert the gym we have the gym open but no exertion so we've actually had to tape off our cardio no classes in the gym so everything's moved outside but there's no it's the craziest thing right how can you have a gym with no exertion but i just think that that fluidity that, that we're, we've had to be fluid we, you know we, we have to know the laws of not just your state but your county and even sometimes your city 
that make it different for the way that you have to operate. So we're operating clubs from Florida, New York, Texas, California, Hawaii. And I'm telling you, not just even by state, but even by county, it's different. So we've had our, ourselves and our team have to be extremely fluid. Wow. Carrie, so you came from an experience where you had already experienced going through something like this with the earthquake and all that. And so you kind of had that background and that experience on how to be flexible and adaptable. But how do you teach that to other people, like other leaders and all that? Because Derek's point is, is right on. I mean, this is something new for all of us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's the lessons of it, I would say. They, they are really, it's, a, it's like a personal evolution. As Derek kind of touched on, Everybody who owns or operates a business, we generally are control freaks, right? <laughs> like that's just who we are, because we, you know, we're like, let's be black and white, rigid in the box. Like we, we like to look for things we can control. But really great, adaptable leaders have the the wherewithal or the ability in their character, I think, to lean into uncertainty and vulnerability and embrace it with faith. <laughs> And I think that's a really like faith that when you keep in yourself that and your team and your and your organization, you keep putting one foot in front of the other and in a in a, a positive way, you will make progress, right? And and I think there's this this letting go, detaching from certainty is a tough life lesson. And I think this is if you weren't already there as a leader, this situation has forced your hand because um, there's no other choice. Like Derek said, there's so many um, intangibles that are uncontrollable right now. Like We can't control what the media is gonna say, what the government's gonna say. We can't control necessarily the scale of apprehension that the consumers are on right now is like endless, right? Some people are really right. confident and some people are living under a rock still. So, you know, our uh, ability to, to uh, attract and retain consumers means we have to do what we always talked about in this industry, which is stop being held to the four walls of our physical location and start reaching people at home or wherever on vacation or wherever they at wherever they're at in their lives. And before we opened Style Studios in January, we'd actually set our the vision up to do that because my view of this and much like Derek, we um we now offer a global app which is on apple and google play called hustle at home and it is a it is our proprietary programming out of our hustle studio kind of like a kind of like dare i say the peloton effect where you get a live class made fresh daily by our national strength and conditioning coach that you can join or you can do it on demand later and it's a really cool interactive app that it forced our hand to do that and you know now we have some mem members on that app if you want to call them members from new zealand or you know other places and it's small but it's growing and we also what everybody talks about live stream right to like but i don't look at it like this much like derek it's the same kind of thing we're using our live classes but we are offering a channel of remote access into those live classes from for our, our members. So I'm not looking at it as a public live stream. I'm looking at it as I'm giving them remote access to us from wherever they're at. And what that allows us to do is remain engaged with them, keep them, keep us top of mind for them. There's no excuses. The location no longer is an excuse to stop your membership. You know, there's so many positives 
and those who don't want to physically come into the club too, we we offered an online only membership if you want, you know, or where right. it's a reduced, you know, price for now until you're ready to come back into the physical club and upgrade. We've saved so many freezes and cancellations just by doing that. So I think, um, you know, I think that leaders just need to go customer value proposition. Where's their pain and how can I create a game? Because the 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 world is evolving so quickly. There's no other way. You can't be rigid. You got to be fluid. Oh, that's great. And and so, you know, I'm going to shift if I could from that question, because I think Derek and Carrie, you answered that very, very well. But I think it begs, you know, the next question, which is what innovations or adaptations do we need to be making now? And you know, Doris, you're coming in from a consultant standpoint. What what do you see that we need to be innovating and adapting in? Well, the thriving companies are the ones who are flexible and jumping in right away. You know, I, I saw uh, InShape right away use their, their local talent to bring in. And then I've seen UFC also. They had everything in the vault. They launched it. People are reaching out to less mills. The bottom line is it's all about connecting and serving. And so people first, product second, profits third. If you take care of your people, your instructors, your instructors take care of your consumers, personal trainers, the same thing. When we went into this COVID, there were so many sessions on the book. I also oversaw PT. We had sessions that were on the books that had to be expired, that had to be handled. And how do you do that? You do that virtually. So take care of your people, set them up with the right tools and then give them a product to, to service, and then the profits will come. Like, I don't think anyone's killing it right now. We are holding on. Some, I'll tell you, some people are doing really well. As I'm consulting on the tech side, money is being thrown at tech. It's being thrown really hard. Private equities are switching gears from brick and mortar, and they're going into tech. I see it every single day. So the people who are succeeding are leaning into tech. Another consideration, too, is so if you're not doing the virtual route, you should be doing some form of a wearable, whether it is uh, MyZone, whether it's Apple, whether it's Fitbit, it's another connection to your members as well as to your team. And I'm telling you, uh, people will call an instructor or a personal trainer before they'll call a gym asking questions. And so if you take care of your people, you keep them engaged virtually through wearables, it'll happen. But there's a lot of money in tech and it's the race for space right now. Everybody wants that space. You just had um, Equinox and the SoulCycle app launched two days ago. Apple Fitness Plus just launched. It's coming in January. There's some big players out there. It's no joke. I don't think it's all or, or none. I think a little bit of this, but where I've seen a lot of success is where they make that connection. Whether it's grassroots, super shiny, or it's wearables, you've got to connect with your team and you've got to connect with your members. Very cool. So, so Nick, you're you're coming into it from the vendor side of things. What innovations and adaptations are you seeing that clubs need to be looking at as the landscape changes? Yeah, it's really unique for us because we're really reacting to what you guys need, right? So, how do we adapt to that and then provide value when we can't really? <laughs> the normal distribution of, of, of product, right? It just, it's not going to work. And then, um, you know, and Derek, I mean, for example, I mean, obviously you use some like-minded product, right? So it's how you don't even have staff to facilitate that, right? It's not even open. So how do you build value in that? So I, I think for us, 
it's actually been a fruitful time and we're very fortunate to have a really strong consumer subsidy and then that sale those sales went up i don't think that's a shock to anybody anything that was at home equipment and for us it was able to say okay well if gyms are closed right if we couldn't do anything how do we reach i think the most obvious one is that hey there is a retail element that we do very well with i mean we are essentially a digital marketing company let's take that and, and expand on the offering to where we want to be as scalable as possible in a normal you know pre-covid timeline right so it's saying hey look we can have a commercial amenity in which clubs can directly or indirectly monetize and then we can just sell a product right and then you guys can facilitate whatever the service is challenges if, if you can't do that what this forces to do is actually it's been really fruitful for us is saying hey look this is more holistic approach because we had to adapt the content and how do we get that content and there's seemingly a void it's still in the space of how do you message appropriately about recovery um in contrast to what it typically is it's just kind of a luxury type of amenity that lives in a club right we had to kind of strip away the product centric focus of it and create some agnostic content right and work with companies like solid core and then gold's gym to help be able to get that stuff out to them via instagram channels via um you know whatever conduit we could find for distribution of that content because not everybody was set up on a virtual platform right i mean where, you know, go back to, to late March, right? Everybody I think was was scrambling if they didn't have anything. So um, it was adapting that content to that, creating something unique that wasn't necessarily about driving revenue, I don't think. I, I think that was a byproduct of it um, for some sort of ancillary revenue side, but it was mostly how do I provide something as a touch point to the members that are still there? And we jumped in and from a recovery standpoint, um, created class concepts uh, uh, that we allowed them to adopt and, and kind of you know see through and facilitate through those channels. But also we we did it too. We hosted, um, we took over Instagram lives for for clubs and, and locations and, and did all that stuff for them. And it was just all about, hey, there's no POs right now. Let's just focus entirely on partnerships and how do we become an extension of what you guys are offering. Um, and it was the best thing, honestly, that happened to us. Is it, the, the conversation just shifts directly, right? And it's it's all about helping. Um, at, at that point, and it just and honestly, we, we've actually secured a lot of partnerships during this time, um, and I think we've done a phenomenal job adapting to what the industry needs. Um, and now that places are opening, it's paying off for us. Um, but you know, again, I, you guys are running the clubs, and you're, you're, and I've had some experience with that as well. But you know, ultimately, uh, I think everyone's done a phenomenal job, um, and you know, we're we're just really kind of proud to be a part of it. That's great. So. Um... Chris, both Doris and Nick coming in from various vantage points, um, you know, and, and providing content and things like that. And when you first started, you talked about how you guys jumped in right away on, you know, the innovations and the adaptations. And much like Derek and Carrie, you know, you've had to deal with different regulations in your state and all that. What other innovations and adaptations have you had to make? Yeah, so we immediately knew that we wanted to kind of change the way we did business a little bit. Um, we had a really robust app that we were using for members to check in, but um, we knew we needed to enhance that even more to make it, make it available for members to make a reservation so we could track capacity in the clubs. We wanted them then, as soon as we were able to have group fitness classes back again, to book a class. And again, we had to watch capacity. So we have an amazing IT team. It's, they're small but mighty and quickly updated our app to be able to do that. And the members are super thankful that they can go into the app and see how many slots are available to either come into the club 
or swim in the pool or take a class and they know what to expect when they get there. The process is seamless and we're going to continue using it. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of brilliant because now we can see what people are doing in the club, which for any of you that have been with the Big Health Club, that's one of the biggest questions. They walk in the door and then what are they doing? So now we have all these data points that we can use to track you know, what, what type of member is using what type of class, what time of day are they coming in, you know, so that we can message even better to them. So we are learning so much from this. And I think the other huge pivot that we made as a company was the way we sell our memberships. So before COVID, we had um, online option to purchase your membership, or you could come into the club and talk to a salesperson the traditional way. We have eliminated our salespeople everything is online because we needed to reduce those touch points with people plus we just didn't have the staff that we could bring back we're you know operating really lean so um we needed to make it super simple for a member or a prospect to look at our options and be able to purchase on their own and we also reevaluated those options like how do we lay it out for them so it's super clear and easy to understand and we kind of re we rethought most of our business during the shutdown and um, a couple times we <laughs> we made we we use the word pivot that's our that our annoying word around um in shape but um it's been exciting and the members are embracing it we are seeing members coming back even though we're only open at 10 percent inside some of the clubs have are at matching what they had last year we too have outdoor wow. um setups and we're keeping that as well it's just been, it's been great to um, be able to offer both. And in the summer, the heat was definitely a bit of an issue, which I'm sure you also dealt with, Derek. It just gets really hot in California. So, but we rented giant tents. So, you know, you are just constantly trying to, you know, make it a better experience for the member and the team. It's, it's an hourly conversation around here. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. You know, what's interesting is all of you guys have talked about, so everyone's using technology nowadays, right? And for years, we've been that service-driven industry. And yet, Derek mentioned that he's now doing classes in Miami and Hawaii so that he can touch different um, time zones so that people across the entire world. Carrie has people in Australia or New Zealand that are using Hustle. You've talked about um you know the people using your app and all that and so in your guys mind um as this whole thing's unfold obviously the consumer has probably changed too that uses health clubs in in your guys opinion what what is the new consumer like and what are the things that clubs need to be considering as we move forward and the industry continues to adapt and change who who wants to take a crack at that George? i'd love to, I'd love to jump on yeah. that the consumer uh, every single day. Number one is re realizing with clubs, I'm in California, so I'm under the 10% rule. Uh, in, in Orange County, if you have a, a yoga studio with 40 capacity of four people, that's called uh, that's called a semi-private, not a class. Unless you have outsized facilities, I mean, Derek's killing it at UFC. What a great pivot. But at the end of the day, the consumer is saying, I paid X amount of dollars in these fees, I'm now gonna buy equipment. You'll notice there's a backlog on all equipment. PRX is doing more consumer than they're actually doing, um, you know, to the clubs. You're looking at power systems, backload it. And so that's why Lululemon is investing in the mirror. 
So you're seeing the consumer have money, but what they're finding is it's all about connection. You can have equipment at home, but what brings you to the club is the connection. Again, it goes back to the people. You put your people first with good product, you're going to get those profits. And the most successful, if you look at the most successful apps out there, Peloton, there's connection because they have interaction. There's communication. So the ticket is interaction and connection. This is a very lonely time. It's a very lonely time for people. And so the consumer wants connection today and they'll want connection in the future. And I really believe it all has to point back to the talent. Where brick and mortar is going to win is on talent, bringing in the right people. And on talent, Connection, 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 connection. Very cool. Derek, you, you've got, if I remember correctly, 130 locations? Yes. So obviously, you're dealing with probably the largest group of consumers that any of us on this uh, webinar today are dealing with. What, what are you discovering is happening with the consumer of tomorrow? You know, I think the consumers, they want to have options. You know, they want that option to be able to come to the club, but, but to Doris's point, you have to have a, if they're going to come in, there's got to be a reason. And so we're really, we've always been focused on kind of community or family that uh, we call it in the gym, but you really have to have an element to be able to connect people, which in a really strange time, connect them, but they have to at least be six feet apart. And in most of our gyms, they have to be wearing masks too at the same time. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's how do you make the experience feel like it's something that's connecting as opposed to the normal high fives and fist bumps and all that kind of stuff. And then the other thing is, you know, uh, we're actually partnering with MyZone to start being able to have some of that competitiveness, some of that uh, um, uh, ability to communicate outside the four walls. And you can, now you can start to set up global competitions where people can compete competing on a monthly you know, there's MEP, right? Uh, my zone energy point, energy points, expenditure contests, or something based on it. You could have a class. Hey, who who can lead the class that's got the most MEPs burned? And so just there's a you, you're also kind of it's really like how do I connect in a time that's very isolating? Because even when I'm in the same building as somebody, I'm still staying six feet apart. You know, I'm a hugger. You can't really do that anymore. So there's a lot of us that are missing some of those parts of our lives too, right? So how do you how do you fill those in? Yeah. Right. And, and that is absolutely true, right? We're a service business, but yet when you're in a service business, you interact with people closely. Um, and so on that point, and I'm going to ask Carrie and Chris to comment on this is, so we know the consumer's changing. We know that it's going to be different, but the sentiment of what health clubs are, or what studios are today, you know, there's that fear factor that goes into, you know, with this, this virus and all that, that also plays into the new consumer, right? How are we ensuring their safety and things like that? What do you guys um, think we have to do with regards to that to help get the new consumers to come in and trust our clubs? Yeah, well, um, what I was just kind of leading into that, I think that as we move through 2020 <laughs> into 2021 and, and as we move through this pandemic, because COVID won't be forever, um, hopefully, uh, that, that we've always had, um, and, and I've always listened to Derek talk so eloquently about this, but in here in the States, we've always basically all fought for that 20% of the population that, that uses health clubs, gyms, studios, whatever you want to call it, so physical bricks and mortar places. And there's always been the 60, 65% of what I've heard out there and in, in the wide world is called indifferent believers. These are people who 
who, who know that we're good for them and that they should be working out, but they have too many excuses um, mm -hmm. to actually action it and, and activate it. I have a feeling that they're the consumer of those indifferent believers are waking up to a new sense of awareness of how important their physical health really is. Because you can say to people, wear a mask and wash your hands, but if you get something like this and you've got comorbidities already due to irresponsibility of your own health, then you're at a much higher risk. And that that one message has really, I think, the value system of wellness and health is really at a tipping point that we could capture. Um, and I think we need to do that. And, and I know at Ursa we're working on that, but it, I think it's collectively in the industry, we need to really be aware of that mentality that is right there, like low hanging fruit for us to really capture that and young athletes who are really displaced from their sports right now. We've done a lot here to engage that group of people. So we've got a you know, whole young athletes program here and all this you know, kind of stuff to, to really pull them in because we can't let these kids get lost in physical activity because they don't have their sport. You know, We need to give them something to do. So I think there's, there's a couple of kind of consumers there. Um, and I think to Doris's point, the mental fitness is what people, they're understanding the body-mind connection more than ever. You know, that thoughts dictate emotions, emotions dictate behaviors, and you're either going to do it or you're not, and it's going to, you know, automatic negative thoughts are going to rule your day or what, um, and your body. So all of these things at play, I think that um, we have a lot of opportunities. And to your point, Mark, we also need to make sure that they understand how safe bricks and mortar clubs are so having a safety plan posting it on your website we have a hashtag style safe so it's our it's everything that we do that it, that creates the safety measures that we put in place has a hashtag style safe on it and it's posted a great everywhere. idea but we also just so they can visibly optically recognize it and see it um and i think just really hanging your hat on that uh we still take temperatures and do all of that good stuff that i'm sure you guys are all doing too and really publicizing that on our um, on our Facebook, Instagram, all of that good stuff uh, is is really really helpful that to make people feel confident. And the last thing I would say um, is it's it's about communicating to them the sheer law of probability. Like I look at it this way: mm. your grocery store can take a hundred hundred percent of the population can go to the grocery store anytime they want, and they have a necessity to do so on the daily. But in your community probably way less than 10% of that local population is a member of the gym. So just by the sheer law of probability of unique people coming in and out of the door every day, we are safer in that aspect than Walmart, grocery stores, public places that we, we have to frequent by necessity. So um, I think that people need to really understand that reality too, that guys, I'm a, I'm a member of a private gym, you know, with, uh, with lesser people coming in and out every day. So um, while the risk is out there in the wide world, uh, they're following safety measures. There's less people coming in and out. There's now we do the booking system as well. We did before COVID. You book your class, you book your spot, just like a boutique. So you can see the capacity. All of those things create confidence. So I think we just need to keep those practices probably forever. Yeah. You know. Well said, and I agree. We got to change that narrative. Chris, how about you? What would you add to that? 
Yeah, I mean, really a lot of the same things that Carrie said, but you know, we're really transparent with our members and we're really empathetic to them too. We uh, we had one club that wasn't ramping up as quickly as others, so we sent a three-question survey. Did you know the club was open? Have you come by? If not, why not? And um, they th there were three key answers that they had. Number one was COVID, I'm not comfortable, I'm not ready. Two was, it's too hot outside. I don't want to work out outside. I want to work out inside. And three was, the air is smoky. So three things that really we can't do much about, but when, um, but they want to come back. So we just keep communicating with them, keep reassuring them that we are following those safety protocols. We are taking the temperatures. Our team members wear masks 100%. It's not negotiable in our clubs. Um, inside they have to wear masks that we're you know reinforcing all those rules and um, just really trying to you know kind of uplift the spirits of the members so that when they're ready we're ready and we're constantly sharing what the rules are and we call it like how to be an awesome member and so sort of putting it on them too like you know we want you back but we also want you to be safe and it's you know not just the safety of others but the safety of yourself so you know it's challenging but it's a day it's a daily struggle and a daily daily conversations with members on at you know talking about it you know we're not trying to hide it we have our FAQ page on our website is growing by the day with all the little questions they ask and they want to know about this and about that and you know we are very transparent with our answers and we don't hide anything you can ask us anything and we'll share with you what we know and um, you know we understand that there are all these articles coming out. There was a great article from CNN recently about how when we're so sedentary, um, how it's affecting our bodies, our minds, our sleep, everything, that you work for months to build muscle and one week of being sedentary, you lose it. It's like, that's the kind of stuff we're trying to share with our members. Like, listen guys, you gotta start, even if you're just walking, go outside and take a walk, do something. <laughs> yeah, very true. It's interesting because yesterday I, I saw a, a little picture from Gary Vanderchuk that said, you know, a lot of people are, you know, upset or dissing 2020, but he said, why are we dissing the year that woke a lot of us up? You know, and I think to a lot of your guys' points, you know, as, as much as this year has been challenging and all that, it also has created a lot of transparency, vulnerability, woken us up on, you know, as, as humans what is important and what is important of our health. And it's not just lifting weights to get big muscles. Now there's, you know, there's the nutrition component, there's the mental aspect, there's the, um, you know, the whole holistic wellness aspect and how everything kind of integrates itself together. And, you know, Nick, I think you, you guys with TheraBody and all that with the Theragun, you know, one of the avenues that you helped over the last couple of years has been that whole recovery thing you know, shining the importance on the recovery and how that actually is a critical component of fitness. And it's not just about going in and doing your 30 minutes of cardio and getting out. Now there's a whole recovery plan. What do you think is going to happen with this future and the consumers and, and the sentiment that they're going to be having toward their health and wellness? Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I guess, diversification of paths that they're taking. Um, and, and again, it's, um, there's a lot more emphasis on it. And I think also just clubs in general um, are putting a lot more emphasis on it and even dedicating real estate or doing, you know, different build outs and things where, hey, we want to have a direct, you know, portion of the club that is dedicated to this aspect and things that we can 
certainly monetize, but it, but I think what it also does is draw on a different segment, right? People are, are looking at that, and and one thing I think we've done a good job of is is again kind of pulling it out of the silo of, of what it typically is. It's just like I was mentioning before, is like the kind of the luxury component to it, and showing how recovery really is really kind of starts before exercise can be done during and then afterwards and there's all these different elements and ultimately it is about getting stronger right there's still fitness as a component to recovery whether it's acute or chronic pain right corrective exercise ultimately is, is what's going to actually you know, not i guess treat it but remedy and whatever that's going on um and i think that right now clubs don't do a great job i think of messaging that and i think they're, they're missing out in terms of what they can do to offer for people to say look if you have this type of you know, pain, there's something that you can do, right, to, to aid in that or to help remedy that stuff. And then, you know, using, you know, technology, you know, beyond the scope of just staffed, you know, leverage that as the conduit then for that education. Um, so, and then take all the virtual components and the content and everything that's there and be able to provide that. And I think you build better awareness. And, and for us, you know, again, selfishly, it builds a more educated consumer. Um, and, and then it allows us then to you know, get that message across, hey, far beyond the reach of the novelty of whatever the product line is or the product suite, right? You know, how does this stuff be incorporated day to day into um, what you're doing? And it may start at home, right? It extend into the club and then come back into the home. Um, and that's what we're working to do um, and to make sure there's just overall general awareness um, and really focusing on education, right? And how does, how do we get that through uh, to the member? And in some instances we have the opportunity of, of staff, right? As kind of, uh, leaning on them, you know, educating them and getting that messaging across. But right now we've got to find a way in some instances to skirt around it. Um, and, and how do we, you know, find the, the vehicles for um, distribution of that? Interesting. So one of the things we, we've all kind of mentioned today is so we have the virtual aspect of our clubs now. We have the, you know, we're using tools such as recovery um, we've talked about education and how it helps change the narrative and all that. What what areas, in your guys' opinion, are we not discussing that we need to be considering and evolving to um, so that we can continue to build on whether it's the mental health or the wellness aspect and all that? Who has some thoughts on that? Carrie? I just have one thing that I think we haven't nailed yet. We're getting virtual getting digital we're breaking out of our four walls but the thing that i'm i know that we are working on here that i that i think is missing in these virtual or digital platforms is really nailing how to create the you know that that in club community energy and how to take that ecosystem and make it live really hotly virtually right because right now we're streaming and and you know giving people remote access but like MyZone does a really good job of people like there's a community there and they, you know, we use MyZone for our hustle studio and, and they and they love it. Right. So I think the idea is as we as you look at virtual platforms, how do you create the how do you replicate your in club community on your virtual platform? And I don't think that we've all nailed that yet, but that's a challenge. That's a good one. Derek, any thoughts? You know, Mark, one of the things that I think about that, I, that I've been seeing in the media, too, is that, you know, COVID's horrible and it's a horrible disease. But in the U.S., what you really what what I what I feel that it's exposed is how out of shape America is. 
versus how bad the disease is. When you start to take a look at really what are the comorbidity uh, implications, a lot of it has to do with obesity and diseases that come along with obesity and, and sedentary lifestyles. And so what's frustrating to know that we have something that can be a solution to how bad the effects COVID can be, and yet we're getting, especially in California, Hawaii, uh, not to get political, but in you know, those states, I mean, there's some other states too, but where we're not getting a lot of help. We're not getting a lot of acknowledgement that there's actually a lot of positivity to come out of the fitness uh, industry. And so I think that uh, when I look at this, I, I come back to saying, how, how do we educate the public, but how do you educate also legislators to know that, you know, it's, it's ridiculous that you can go into Walmart with no temperature check, no anything, and everybody's touching everything, and that, that we're scared that people go into a gym. Like, it just, it just, it, it doesn't compute for me. Um, and I do think it was actually one, other, one last other thing is, you know, when Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of UK, got COVID, I he came out saying, hey, you know what, the solution for the UK is for us to get in shape. And I'm going to start with myself personally. And I was, I was, hope, I was hopeful that that could have been something happening in the US, but I didn't, I didn't see it happen. Didn't see no. it happen. But, uh, but, you know, there are some opportunities I still see that, that that can happen with the right influence, the right type of education and motivation, inspiration. I mean, it's all of those words and things that we do in the gym, I, I think that's where the tipping point for the industry is and the tipping point for people's health is there too. Yeah, I, I think you're good. That's a good one. Um, Chris, how about you? Um, I totally agree 100%. Um, we need to be talking about ourselves as a health solution, partnering with our health providers. We have been partnering with Dignity Health here in California to see how we can partner together to fight the obesity epidemic, the diabetes epidemic, and just the sedentary epidemic that we now have. Um, part of our, our digital solution is offering 10 and five minutes stretching and you know recovery type workouts that you can do, like jump off your Zoom call and do a little stretching in your office. Like I can get off my chair and do it right here. You know, we have to help people. And Carrie, I also completely agree with you about motivation. Like we always say it in shape, we're not in the gym boat business, we're in the motivation business. Like it is so hard to motivate someone in a digital platform. So that I think will be our biggest challenge. We have all these amazing workouts and resources, but how do we get someone to actually do it? to get off their chair and do it. Um, I know myself, I'm in my house all day. You know, I don't wanna be in my house anymore. I wanna get outside. I wanna, you know, go to the gym, go to the studio. So if that's not an option, how do we get them to do that? So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things that we can do, but it's hard. And we have to really put all of our brain power together to, to make it work and um, to, like you said, that personal connection you have in the studio or the gym, we need that same type of experience in a virtual setting. So. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think, you know, to Derek's point, the coalitions that are getting together, really trying to work with, you know, our elected officials to say that exercise is essential and that we are part of the healthcare continuum, you know, a component of it. We're not the only solution, but there are so many solutions because, um, you know, as we get through this, we do realize that, you know, not only does it fight the obesity and the diabetes and all that, but it also, you know, the mental health aspects, the socialization, the community, the connections and all that. So I think you guys are spot on. Um, 
you know, before we, we wrap up, I, I have a final question that I'd like to ask Doris and, and Nick, because, you know, you guys are coming from an outside perspective and you can obviously see that Chris, Carrie and Derek, very passionate and, and are making an impact every day in their, in their clubs. And we're all talking about the exact same things, right? We're talking about building community. We're talking about becoming part of the solution. We're talking about making a difference in our people's lives, becoming omni-channel, you know, whether it's virtual, inside, outside, being able to go across new platforms and reaching the consumers of today. In your guys' opinion, Doris and Nick, what aspects are we as club operators not thinking about or not talking about? Is there something we're missing that you guys see from an outside perspective? Yeah, Doris. Doris. Um, number one, the game has changed. And we keep hearing when things go back to normal, when things go back, there, it will not go back to normal. This is the new normal. It's not going to go back. So you'll see, I'll see big boxes. I'll see studios go, well, we're just going to like ride the storm. No, it's, it's a whole new ocean. So if you go back with your old game plan, it's not going to work. Another thing is lack of communication to, to the field. Uh, for group fitness instructors, they can be at multiple locations. And so, for an example, in the state of Colorado, there are different regulations. In the city of Denver, it's 50 people in a club, including your staff. But then down the street, it's another city, and they can have 25% capacity. So you have instructors going in and out of clubs, knowing different rules, different regulations. They're confused. So they're communicating to the communicating uh, to the members a little bit of confusion. And so what do they do? They go virtual. And so I'm thinking lack of communication with your like open, honest, transparent, with humility, communication. Like, hey, the game changes every day, and here's the new rules, and we want you to know why. And an email doesn't work for group fitness. You need a Zoom. You need a phone call. What have you? I think the big thing is. The experience is essential, exactly what Derek said. Whether it's live or whether it's virtual, it has to be essential. Measurement is motivation, period. So Carrie, great job on MyZone. I'm sure you're using the MyZone chat to interact with the clients in addition to all the challenges. Great tool. Um, the Apple Watch is partnered with Orange Theory. Um, I think with Equinox and SoulCycle. So you're seeing the interactions. And then third thing is content is king. And Chris has done a great job as a CMO there because it's not about the perfect push-up anymore. It's about how to deal with anxiety. It's not about the six-pack ab. It's like, how do you squeeze and stretches between homeschooling? It is honest, legitimate wellness to get people mentally through this. So I think the connection comes from honest reflection on mental, where people are mentally and then physically. And then how do we connect with the mommies? Carrie, really good point. How do we connect with that 9 a.m. mommy crew? They miss each other so bad. Why don't we set up separate Zooms afterwards where they can talk? What about the, you know, the millennials that show up at night? They don't really work out. They just want credit on their Apple Watch, right? And they just want to socialize. Why don't we do a happy hour which is with the dance party? There's different ways to connect. So again, experience, measurement, and content is king. Those are my three things. And if you're not on point with everyone on this call is, you're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. Nick, how about... Absolutely. Yeah, that was great. And, and I, I completely agree with content is king. Um, and I think the one thing I would have said pre-COVID that I, I think gyms do, um, and some of them do a poor job of it, some do better than others, but is, is capitalizing on, on building an audience outside of the gym, um, extending that to the virtual audience. And then now it's about, hey, we have this, but how do we actually directly monetize this? Um, and, and I think that, you know, me 
kind of coming from Silicon Valley for, for years. It's like kind of understanding that, that methodology and how to go about doing that and kind of convert to saying, hey, what is the digital marketing plan, the strategy once we build an audience, then how do we actually have um, the ability to go um, to monetize it via classes, content, or, you know, again, socially for us, retail, right? And I think a lot of that is just getting that now and understanding that the difference between places that, that do that really well for us, like premier clients, and then ones that are kind of struggling to, to get there is just systems of accountability to it and a path to execution on it. And then starting somewhere with some sort of minimal viable effort, um, getting it out there and just starting to do it. Um, and, and I think this has kind of forced the hand anyway, um, but just kind of understanding that, hey, there, there are ways to, to monetize that digital audience uh, and really expand the revenue beyond the, the traditional buckets that may only have existed in the gyms. Can I add one thing? Good point. Mark? Well said. Yeah, please. Just, just real quick, one opportunity that we're we're about to dabble with, um, as you know, everybody's backs against the wall with either members coming, not coming back, or or pe people not joining. One one strategic focus we've had is how, because uh, you got to make money to stay in business, is how to um, increase the average revenue yield per person. Right. So that there's not necessarily if we don't have the volume coming back, how do we do that? And so we're about to launch two things um, utilizing our. So we have a DEXA wellness office that does, you know, uh, body composition and wellness coaching and all that stuff. We're going to create that as a, um, a DEXA club membership. So if you think of Massage Envy, hmm. it's kind of like that. Yeah. They commit to recurring month and they get a service. Per quarter, you could probably replicate that with personal training too, like a PT club, and, and so, you know, like it's about recurring revenue, right? So that we secure it. The other thing we we uh, through our nutritionist here, who's a physician, we have our own medical-based supplement line, and that's been doing really well actually. But what we're gonna do is, if you think of like Chewy.com. What we're going to do is not to compare it to dogs toys, but um, we're going to make like a, a recurring order. So if it's every four weeks, five weeks or six weeks, whatever it is, you have your supplements you want and it's you get a discount for, for setting up recurring payments to get the to get that uh, product that you want. So I guess my challenge, too, would be like thinking, you know, if you don't have as many members now, how can you set up? Uh, more consistent recurring revenue to increase average yield per person so that you are protecting your your bricks and mortar site. And I think a lot of that can extend to what Nick said outward into your virtual audience now, you know, so you can you can create it within your core and then, you know, um, broaden it outwards after you get the system right. But so right. anyway, we're, we're looking at that. I just thought I'd share it as a as a potential game changer for some people, maybe. <laughs> Wow, that's great. So guys, um, we're at about our, our time limit. So I appreciate you guys taking the time to chat with us and share these ideas with everybody. I, I mean, it, the time has flown right by. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised because we could keep going on all day because you guys got some brilliant things. So um, in closing, if we could, let's go around real quickly and just give one final piece of advice. Whatever you think is the right thing that would help these guys as we move into the future and how we can capitalize on this as an opportunity um, and really continue to move our businesses forward. So, Chris, I'm going to start with you, if that's okay. Sure. Um, you know what? We're in a time of rebuilding. We're rebuilding our team. We're building our member base, rebuilding our clubs. You know, we're excited about the future and we're not scared about this whole rebuilding everything, just embracing it and um, taking it one day at a time. 
So that would be my advice. Sorry, Doug. Nick. Yeah, I, I think it's double down on what I just said before, which was you know capitalizing on that the new audience. Like, what are all the ways and, and things that um, you're you're able to do that now, and maybe listing out the things that we, what we're not doing, you know, and you know retail or content or things like that. And then how do we go about doing it and put together a strategy and just start moving forward? Beautiful. Derek. You know, that thing about this for, for it's it's do the things that you that, that made you a really strong brand. Keep doing those things, but what you have to do is how do you deliver it differently? Right. So it's you got you have to make sure that you've got something really inspiring to bring people together and create that community if it's going to be in gym but you also have to have how do i deliver that same experience whether it's personal training whether it's a class whether it's a carries point it's it's online retail I, you know i was thinking about that we actually increased our nutritional product by 500 percent during covid online right so there's there, there's opportunities there if you're doing the things that you have always been core to your business provide them in in multiple channels and look for other things that are going to connect you more like for us we're going we, we've been testing a lot of different heart rate models we've chosen my zone as our partner and i'm excited about that as one more thing to connect us in the gym but also connect us outside into the into the network there oh that's fantastic carrie yeah i mean uh stay open-minded as derek said stay fluid embrace uncertainty and and i think above all other, just people first, whether it's your staff, your members, like we're in a business to serve people and we can't forget about that. And in good economic times, I think we kind of didn't do as well. I mean, I, th I think I see it in our industry. It just wasn't as good as what it needs to be now. So keep leaning into that people first approach and make that one of your strategic filters as you embark on these new ideas. Well said, I like that. Doris, bring us uh, home. My three are people, product, and profit. Your people are going to be what brings people back. Anybody can buy equipment. Right now, apps are that, not a dime a dozen, but they're out there. The money's out there. It's There's a big race for space. The people are going to bring it back. So we got to be empathetic. We've got to be able to communicate to them, not just in an email, but in a human way. And so put your people first. And then second, you've got to have a good product, which is also your content. It needs to be current. It needs to be transparent. It needs to be real. And then the final thing is I just believe the profits will come and you will sleep well at night. If you put those three in that order, you'll be fine. Where I see people fail is they do profits. Oh my gosh, we got to operate, operate, operate. Okay, we're going to operate by throwing this against the wall, hope they come, and then they put their people last. That's who's losing this race. People put people first product profit. That's who's going to not only survive, but they will thrive. Well said. Thank you, guys. You guys were fantastic. Um, great inspiration. I'm leaving here motivated myself and uh, can't thank you guys enough for taking the time and spending it and sharing your wisdom with all of us. It's With people like you, we know this industry is just going to be fantastic. So thank you guys so much um, and thanks for being part of the webinar. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everybody. Thank